Hey, this is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Today we have another great story that was put together by one of our producers, Justin Tyson. Uh, He's going to read that story to us, and then Chris and I are going to talk about the do's and don'ts from Exergy Performance from that. Yeah. You've had your 2012 extended cab short bed Duramax since it was new. You traded in your old, rusty, slow, and reliable LB7 for the shiny new LML. You drive it back and forth to work and pull a travel trailer in the summer. This is your baby. One morning on your way to work, you notice a dash light after you merged onto the highway. A warning message comes across your dash that says, change fuel filter. Your heart starts to race and your blood pressure rises. You just changed the fuel filter last weekend. It's a brand new filter. How could it already need to be changed? You think back to all the posts you've read about the LML CP4 failures and now you are truly in a panic. You can't afford to throw a huge pile of money at this truck. There are also a lot of threads on the forum about doing a CP3 conversion and you had even planned on doing it to your truck one day. So you calm down a little, contact your local diesel performance shop, And to your surprise, they don't offer the CP3 conversion because of EPA laws. What do you do now? All right, Chris. So pretty good story there. Uh, We got a 2012, so we got an LML running into some problems, and and we've dealt with this topic quite a few times in the past. I got goosebumps just listening to it because, I mean, this is like the beginning stages of an expensive repair, I feel. Or, or something very simple. And I think that was one of the key points that I caught in here is he got a change fuel filter light right after merging onto the highway that very easily could have just been low rail pressure from running too big of a tune without a lift pump. Right, exactly. But it's how many times do you do that before that CP4 is starved of fuel and it ends up causing havoc throughout the high pressure fuel system. Absolutely. And so this is why I wanted to talk. I I felt like this would work really well for today's topic of a change of plans because he had already planned on doing a CP3 conversion at some point and then found out, oh shit, the shop I want to take it to doesn't do those. Like there's EPA restrictions. I mean, that's a big thing. You know, guys call into the shop, you know, I get a lot of these calls. They ask about, you know, CP3 conversion or um, a resolution to, you know, the plagued quote unquote with my fingers there that no one can see (laughs) of the CP4. You know, the general rule of thumb that I tell guys is put a lift pump on the truck really early on. You know, CP4 failures aren't because the pump itself is junk. It's usually from contaminated fuel or or asking the pump to do more than what its capabilities are. The guys over at Exergy, they have like an upgraded CP4 pump. So it's an upgraded pump to eliminate some of the shortcomings that the factory CP4s offer. It's a drop-in replacement. Any shop will do that install. There's less hacking of the factory system itself. You know, there's the fuel lines, right. just everything there. Um, it's a home run. We've done some at the shop. We've had the luxury of uh, Jason Worley's regular cab having a 10 millimeter version. Yep. Badass truck runs awesome. So I mean, it's just it's a simplistic approach. It's much cheaper. It's easier to install. And like I said, any shop will be willing to take that job on. Also comparative in price. So if it's you look cheaper. at the co- yeah, cheaper. it's a lot. It's actually a substantial amount difference. Yeah. So if you do just the base CP4 upgrade, you know you're. 1050 into the pump plus labor. Right. Your basic conversion kit is going to run you around 18, 17, 1800 bucks plus labor. Right. Now, where it's going to be more comparable is if you were to do like a CP3 Sportsman pump with conversion, well, for a couple hundred dollars more, you can get a badass 10 millimeter version and grow into it. And I think for the added cost of labor and whatnot, now you're really comparable in price. So you're getting a pump that can support more of a capacity installed for roughly the same price so i will agree with you in, in that aspect yeah yeah but yeah parts it's a 10 mil cp4 yeah. so if you're going to upgrade like if you're doing it for power because some guys do yeah. do it for power yeah. the 10 mil cp4 is a totally solid option yeah. it's completely viable to go into that that world yeah. um and i i do like the idea here that you need to finish diagnosing the truck oh uh, right 100 like, don't just start throwing parts at it you had one problem one time mm-hmm. and and immediately guys tend to go into panic oh i would Right. Everybody does, right? Because it's an expensive truck. It's an expensive repair. You've already been prepped to think about these problems. It's really, really easy to fall into this trap of, okay, now my plan is throw parts at it. But you've got to finish diagnosing this before you start putting money into it. Have you ever Googled LML change fuel filter? No. Like fuel filter. It's, dude, 
all horror stories. Like <laughs> reading the first page of a Google web search, it's going to make you feel like everyone's had this problem. And I tell guys, like, that's a small percentage of how many LMLs are out there. Like, you, right. you have to think about this. But nonetheless, you know, finish doing your diagnostics, move in, think of different options that you have. There are options, though. That's the big thing. That's right. Yeah. Come up with a good plan. Yeah. And then when that plan goes to shit, change it and find yeah. another good plan. That's the best you can do with these, right? I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This week from Facebook, which is a segment sponsored by our friends over at WC Fab, uh, Jason Worley and the crew really ramping up for UCC this year. Yeah, they're doing they're doing their own thing, right? And we just saw some glimpse of um, of uh, Eric Merchant's motor uh, on Facebook. Super, super badass. But then they're doing all the stuff for us too, right? You know, we have. I'm excited for what we're bringing the UCC this year for the booth and things like that. So, Jason and the crew over there, they are working day in and day out to get what they need done done it's crazy so. and try to move into a new shop and yeah and he's moving into a new shop like dude is literally going a thousand miles an hour yeah if you have not checked out wc fab products we suggest you do so at wcfab.com uh that's worldly customs fabrication great guys great products mm-hmm. uh, i think you'll be really happy there uh however this week we did get a message from marcus mar my dog Chris, you know this My guy. dog, yeah, we're Facebook official, man. Oh, I dig it. I dig it. Marcus says, hey, gents, I have a 2006 Sierra 2500 LBZ. Recently, it started having problems related to the turbo vanes, and the truck is throwing a P003A DTC. When the engine is cold, the vanes will not sweep after startup, and they will remain around 70% according to my CTS. After the engine is warmed up a bit, the vanes are constantly cycling open-closed when I'm not on the throttle at all. I've pulled the VPS, that's vane position sensor, out and moved it by hand while watching my CTS, and it's reading accurately as far as I'm concerned. I'm not sure where to go from here, and I really don't want to pull my turbo for cleaning unless I absolutely have to. What should I do for troubleshooting at this point? How would you handle that, Paul? Uh, Chris, I've actually already replied to Marcus. So I told him, number one, this to me sounds like carbon buildup. Yeah. Uh, when the truck gets hot, it frees everything up. The carbon mm-hmm. loosens up a little bit. The vanes are able to move accurately. When it's cold, the carbon's froze up. A little mm-hmm. bit tighter tolerances. The vanes are probably getting stuck, and that's why they're constantly sweeping. Never has a chance to learn them. Turbocharger, you know, truck's probably got some miles on it. Uh, turbocharger's probably... The system has uh, recycled some oil over those yep. miles. Yep. So the, the oil consistency with the diesel soot buildup. Very common, especially with a truck 150, 200,000 miles, and even the low mileage trucks where the trucks sit for long periods of time. Like, That's right. Guys call in, they're like, oh, I got this score on a 50,000 mile truck. I'm like, you're in for a rude awakening, my friend. <laughs> you really are. So, um, With this, as far as troubleshooting from here, there's really not too much. Yeah. Once you've verified your vein position sensor is good and your solenoid's not broken, mm-hmm. so there's a little, little plug yep. on the driver's side. Now I'm sitting here trying to think about it. Yeah, driver. Driver side uh, of the turbo, you will see a little plug. We're going to get critiqued either way. Who gives right. a shit? Yeah, There's a plug it. on the turbocharger. <laughs> get over it, guys. Right. You're going to need a snap ring removal. Yep. Uh, pop the snap ring out. Put in, I want to say it's an eight millimeter machine thread. Dude, stop even pretending like you know. We're I'm, not techs. I've actually had to read it for okay. like 100 times for some troubleshooting nice. products we're putting together. Well, you know more than me. Uh, pull the plug out and you can actually move the veins with a like a hand pick uh, back, or I'm sorry, move the actuator with a hand pick back and forth. If that does not move freely, you're fucked. It's time for a turbo. <laughs> you are fucked, I'm sir. sorry. That's just, that's what it Terrible. is, right? It's, it's vein position sensor. Uh, solenoid yep. done. Well, the thing that stinks is like you pull the turbocharger off for vein cleaning, right? Like, I would never do that. No, no. The turbocharger's got miles on it. You're going through all that time. I don't care if I'm doing it myself. I'm not putting that son of a bitch back on. Nine out of ten times when guys do that, 10,000 miles down the road, they have the same issue. Now you're doing double work. Don't well, do double work. Or a worse issue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I worry about is somebody yep. like making a simple mistake because yep. uh, it's not something they do regularly right. and it has detrimental Absolutely. Uh, outcomes. I've had guys like, I don't know how to put this back together i'm like i don't know what to tell you <laughs> but sounds like a ship it situation yeah. just ship it in yeah pretty much awesome uh industry news Chris. dude vamping up it's coming up quick uh diesel power magazine um they have released their voting for diesel power challenge 2018 um we're gonna go through the dodges there are 17 dodges this year for voting right crazy Diesel Power Challenge. Diesel Power Challenge 
from Diesel Power Magazine is, 2018. Is ramping up to be huge because yeah. the field of what you could select from was awesome. Now, yeah. for those of you who aren't familiar, voting's really simple. They publish a, a, a magazine here in April. You can look through it and see all, I want to say 28, yeah. uh, 38, 38 potential, 30. potential uh, trucks that you can vote for. You can cut out one of their voting forms and mail it in. You get to pick three Dodges, three Fords, and four GMs and rank them. Yeah. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. What do you want? So out of these 17 Dodges, Chris and I are going to take some turns here reading off who's in them and just a real quick snippet on what the truck yeah. is. There's You can't do this justice without reading the magazine. No, there's a lot of flavor. Like you you have your apples and you have your oranges. There's new school. There's old school. Like uh, I'm Mildly looking, built to yeah. overbuilt. Yeah, I mean, it's a Cummins. They're all built. So. <laughs> built from the factory. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Bring what you brung. Got you, bitch. <laughs> so, all Kick right. us off, Chris. So uh, for number one, we have Alex Goulet. Sorry if I hack any of these names up. I am part special, so just work <laughs> with me. Uh, he has an 04 and a half Ram, so it's a high output. Uh, trucks made the best of 1225 horse and 1800 foot-pounds. Uh, looks like it's a S4, S4 compound setup, 200% injectors and dual CP3s. Yeah, and following him is going to be number two, Andrew Morrison. Uh, in the 94 Ram 2500, Chris, this dude, is your jam, bro. Dude, I love mechanical injection, man. I really do. And Simple. He's, he's bringing it with a 12 mil P7100 and some 5x18 injectors. Yep. Those are going to be uh, aired up through his S366, S480 twin turbo kit. Little surprised to see 900 horse, 1500 foot-pounds out of this combo. What What's surprising about is, that? Is, well, you know more on, on, I mean, on this world. The five by eighteen is limiting lot. him. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think a lot might, you know, question the pump. You know, what pump is it? What's the um, the the fuel? Uh, consistency like what is it flow cc wise that's a big thing fuel volume on these gotcha um number three uh calvin williams another oh four and a half ram looks like he's done the best of about 890 horse 1400 foot pounds on a single s468 150 overs and then a single cp3 setup that one's got to be a fun truck to hell drive. yeah that's got to be a dream could could really be a competitor uh being competitor? Less, a, a competitor, competitor. Uh, with less horsepower yeah. and more spool up on a lot of these competitions yeah. dude we always joking around i'd, I'd love to see what a two-wheel drive truck would do at a competition like this like well, simple setup just run it when we get to the fords you're going to have your chance to vote for one Ooh, i already spotted it nice uh all right number four cody lambert 07 ram breaking into the late model uh five nines here 980 horsepower 1500 foot pounds of torque s400 single he doesn't tell us which okay. one running 250 percent injectors with a 12 mil pump i do know my common rails and that's, a, that's another one to look out for. Yeah, that's coming to the party. Um, number five, Cody Thompson. Paul, what the fuck is with the 04 Rams? Dude, all like, of them. All, I wrote, so, so what our listeners can't see is we actually wrote down all 17 yeah. competitors with these notes on a big-ass whiteboard. And it is... Like, I wrote 04, 04 and a half, 100 times. Yeah. So, 04 Ram, uh, Garrett 7483 uh, setup. Um, so, I would assume that's compound, Paul. Yeah. It is, yep. 130% um, overs and another dual CP3 setup. Yeah, sporting those Garrett chargers. Uh, Justin Andre is in at number six with an 05 Ram 2500, 1750 horsepower. I feel he has estimated that 3,000 foot-pounds of torque, uh, triple Borg Warner turbos, 450% injectors, and dual CP3s. Justin's one of those kids. The, the truck is very documented on social media. Goes to a lot of dyno competitions. The so truck is well known. 3,000 foot-pounds, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, the truck is very well documented within the industry, awesome. uh, social media-wise. Um, number seven is Justin Ziegler, um, 06 Cummins, 1,300 horse. 2,000 foot-pounds. Uh, it's got a stainless diesel compound setup, 400% and dual 12-millimeter pumps. Marcus Bussey at number 807 Ram, 2,500, 1,300 horsepower, 2,100 foot-pounds of torque, triple S400 turbos, 400% injectors, and dual CP3s. Yeah. Uh, number nine is Nate Lovett, 07 Cummins, uh, 900 horse, 1,700 foot-pounds, single S476, 200%, and again, dual CP3 setup. Number 10, Rich Jersey Nicoletta. 
04 and a half Ram again 2115 for the horsepower 3500 foot pounds worth of torque talking about triple S480s 500% injectors and a 14 mil CP3. Yeah, Jersey's one of those guys, you know, with, with that setup, you, you know it's coming from the Firepunk camp. Like yeah. that that's what it is. The truck has made that type of power too. It's it's insane. It's a nice truck, nice regular cab. It's, it's going to come down to a driver on that one. Yeah, I mean that that's a whole lot of truck to handle, man. <laughs> like that's that's no bullshit. Uh, number 11, Skyler Rhodes, 06 Cummins, 800 horse, 1,600 foot-pounds, uh, compound turbo setup on that, um, 180 horsepower injectors and dual CP3s. Skyler Ostrich? That's how I'd say it. Sure. 07 Ram, 2,500, 1,200 horsepower, 2,000 foot-pounds of torque, running the uh very similar twin turbo setups here, S467 with an S486. Got the DDP Super Mental injectors. Dude, those are big, bad bitches, I bet. Dual CP3 with 12 mil. They're so big, they don't even put a number no. with them. They're, like they're the just co- like they're like the Cobras. Cobras, yeah, right. For sure. Um... <laughs> I jumped there. Yeah, yeah you got to yeah. jump to 13. Clearly. Uh, number 13, Travis Richards, 07 Ram, uh, 2,500. 1,050 horse, 1,600 foot-pounds. Uh S four hundred turbo setup, two hundred fifty horse injectors, and a twelve millimeter pump. I, I got to be honest, Chris. I think he's going to have a hard time getting voted in on a, a single S four sixty three. I mean, I thought that you just wrote it wrong, and there was a compound in there. No, 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 no. Okay. That's it. Oh, that's I it. mean, nitrous does hell of things, man. Yeah, you said it. Uh, Fourteen Trent Hibbard, 1,400 horsepower, sixteen hundred and fifty foot pounds of torque. S476 SXE DDP Supermentals again, oh. uh, dual CP3s. Number 15 is Trevor Roughcorn. Uh, this is this is my shit here, just so you know. So it's a 93 W250. For the guys that don't know that reference, it's a first-gen Dodge. Uh, he is running triple turbos, um, basically a 480 off the manifold with two atmospheric 472s. 5x22 injector triple feed on a 13 millimeter pump. I would love to see this truck get entered. Now, tons of fuel, big turbo setup, old mechanical truck at high altitude would be questionable, but nonetheless, like that would be the type of truck I would like to see go against some of these common rail setups. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I I I just there there's only one this old. There's only one ninety three yeah. out here. Um Vintage. I, I would not be surprised to see him make the competition. I would, I'm, fingers crossed. I'm rooting for you, Trevor. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number 16, we got Tristan Dunlap with an 06, 2500, 1600 horsepower, 2300 foot-pounds of torque, twin turbo kit with an S472, S484, 275% injectors. I'm not sure who decided there was something between 250 and 300, but there is. Uh, and a 14-millimeter pump. Love to see those out there. Yeah. Uh, and then number 17, last but not least, Andy Harddick. Harddick? Harddick? Sorry. <laughs> You're just uh, pronouncing it so well. I'm sorry. 1,000 horse, 1,800 foot-pounds, S364, S478 kit, 150%. Now, being at a higher altitude, I would expect a truck like this to perform and drive extremely well, being that it has a smaller manifold turbo on it. Yeah. They're not running big S4, S4 setups like some of these other guys. Again, you know, going to a higher altitude, you want to be able to have a turbocharger that doesn't have to be too laboursome to get into motion. Yeah, so. absolutely. Cool. Uh, Chris, who would your three picks off this board My be? three picks. So number one, it would be Trevor Roughcorn, just because it's a first gen. I would like to see the old mechanical truck back into the mix. Um, Marcus Bussey, uh, I followed that truck for years. Beautiful metallic blue, that, that Dodge blue, electric blue color. So... I'd be curious to see, you know, how that truck performs. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, I have to throw another one into the mix here. Um, the thing that stinks for me is I, I see a lot of these guys. There's some of these guys that are extremely popular, and then there's some of these other guys that are maybe not as popular on my newsfeed. Right, okay? right, right, right. So I'm going to go off of someone else that, uh, you know, someone that I, I haven't really seen much of and – you know, maybe they'd be like Cody Thompson or like Andrew Morrison with another 12 valve in the mix. I think a truck like uh, Jersey's truck, it's a badass truck nonetheless, but to me, that's a UCC competitor truck. That's not a DPC truck. Okay. So I'm sorry if I upset anyone, but that's just a personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all we're here to give, right? Um, okay. How about you? Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on Trevor Ruffcorn. 
I, I I saw that truck. I love that truck. I I just think it would be badass to see it there and, and yep. see it kick some ass. Uh, and I am a Common Rail fan, just to make that clear. Um, man, some of my later like Common Rail stuff, like the truck and the body that I really like, they don't necessarily have the setups that I'm in love with. Yep. And when I think about this competition, I think about like who's who's a real pick to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I might I might jump on the bandwagon with you on on the Andy Hardike um, yeah. setup there. I really think he has has a really solid truck to go out there and do well. Maybe not have the biggest numbers throughout mm-hmm. the whole event, but like that's I one think part he of could the event though too. Three event, all, right. or I'm sorry, all seven events yeah, or, right. or whatever. Um, as far as my third one goes, I'm just gonna throw like this this nasty one out there that I think is just crazy numbers. Um, Man, I really got to say Trent Hibbard. Uh, I like the setup. I just I want to see I want to see that single go out there and compete with the twins. I don't know if it's going to do well. That SXE line supposed to spool up super quick. Yeah, we did a truck here. You know, granted we're at sea level, um, somewhat of a comparable. I don't know what the super mental injectors are, but yeah, a buddy of mine, Mitch Griffin, we did a set of 150s, dual CP3s, and a 476 SXE. Um, Not even leaning on the truck, stock bottom end, the truck made just shy of 1,100 horse. Yeah. Like, it drives well on the street. So, you know, uh, granted, altitude plays a big role, but I'd be curious to see how that performs as well. Sure. Cool. Awesome. And then, guys, uh, on our next episode, we're going to roll out the uh, power strokes, and then the episode after that, we'll cover the GM. So keep tuned. Of course, we're really excited for UCC because we're actually going to announce who gets picked with KJ. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing, you know, when when you figure that out with KJ going back and forth and it's like, you know, for myself thinking back, you know, 10 years of magazines, 10 years of research, 10 years of being in, in diesel trucks to now reading DPC uh, competitors, the contest just always going online looking it up to now like being part of it, yeah, like, it's kind of surreal. It's a really cool feeling. It is. It is. We're we're very honored to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, big shout out to Diesel Power Magazine. We definitely appreciated the invite. Uh, we're excited, man. We're yeah. we're ramping up. And speaking of ramping up, um, sixty-eight RFE complaints from the Diesel Insights episode <laughs> from Calibrated Power yeah. really ramped up some feelings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when I say ramped up feelings, some good, some bad. Yeah. Um. It was a great video, Chris, and I think we talked about it a little bit probably right when it was first announced or right when it was first published. I wanted to loop back to it just because there were so many great questions and so many great topics covered in about an eight-minute video. So you can find it on the YouTube channels for Calibrated Power and Duramax Tuner or on the Facebook page, again, for either brand. Um, But Nick really got a chance to get in and talk about those clunky and jerky feelings from the 68 RFE. Yeah. Yeah. And that was such a big one for guys to like – hear a tuner talk about it yep. and then also talk about how to fix it yeah you know it's i've been a part of this from day one right when it came to the fourth gen support 68 support now that they have the the transcals back into the powertrain control module from yeah. 10 and up and i'm reading through all of these and i remember when we had the first couple test trucks here and i would go to nick I'm like i would never own a fortune like they drive like <laughs> asshole like he's like just wait give it some time be patient i was like no fuck these trucks well like, it's because everybody knew that they felt yeah. like they were underpowered yeah. like they couldn't put the power on the ground the number two you know the uh, underpowered like you said you know can't put the power to the ground like the truck is always trying to get into the next gear. It doesn't matter what you're doing with the throttle or what you're wanting the truck to do. It is designed and programmed to just next gear, click next gear, click next gear. Now, granted, when you're in cruising motion, having the truck be at a, a, in a high gear, low RPM, total sense for fuel consumption savings. Sure. But when you're actually trying to get up out of your own way, you're actually trying to get to a vehicle speed, that short shift scenario is kind of counterproductive. Oh, you mean like use the truck in a real world application beyond uh, just cruising? Yes, I'm not 90 years old. <laughs> <laughs> there was there there was a lot of I, I think um, I, I kept hearing the term mechanical anxiety, yeah. which is like you feel like the mechanical components are going to explode out of the case. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they talk about the solution 68 uh, RFE tuning. They also like kind of break down a little bit on the difference between MM3 and EFI Live. Yeah. So I thought that was a really good video. Again, if you guys haven't checked it out, if you have a 68 RFE, have a friend who has a 68 RFE, loop back onto the uh, YouTube there and give her a look-see. Cool. Chris, today's Today. featured guest, man. We, we've been talking, just before we bring him on, um, we've been talking quite a bit about how many drag racers are at the UCC this year. Yeah, you know, as we're doing all these interviews, guys, you know, me and Paul, we do the the background, right? We get some information on the guy and 
when we start to do these interviews, the one thing that comes to mind is, oh, yeah, I've done a bunch of dinos. Yeah, I've done a bunch of drag racing. Those are my roots. Have you ever sled pull? Fuck no. How or, many guys have we interviewed yeah, just this year yeah. that said they've never hooked to a sled yeah. before? Or one. Or one, one time. And they're just oblivious. Now, this guy that we have on today is the complete opposite. Right. The complete opposite. So I'm excited to see how he does UCC 2018 just because I feel he's bringing a different skill set to the table. Absolutely. Without any further ado, let's bring Tony Burkhart, the uh, the master of the hookers, on the phone here. <laughs> Tony, how the hell are you? Uh, almost as good as you guys. I mean, you guys get paid to sit and talk talk to people all the time. I mean, literally, yeah. we get paid to yeah. talk to people all day, and a portion of that happens to be on the podcast. We love it. <laughs> that's that, that's got to be the bonus, right? It is. It is. That's that's all my commission just gets paid out in podcast time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got an extra seat over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always, always for you, Tony. Um, <laughs> Tony, we're, we're really excited you took out some time to talk to our listeners a little bit. Uh, we start uh, everybody uh, everybody off with just having you tell us a little bit about your background in diesel performance. Uh, background, well, it kind of started uh, in the early LB7s, and uh, someone told me I needed to go pull my truck in a truck pull, and all I needed to do is just a tuner and exhaust and uh, an intake, and you'll do awesome. Well, it was downhill ever since then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's when you started realizing the dollars go out, you don't know where they went. Right. Dollars. Right. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen any of those things. What, what are they? Tell, tell me about this. That's, that's the industry we're in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I yep. dig it. It's so funny. It's, I feel like it doesn't matter, Chris, if we interview like somebody who's just straight off the street, a diesel yeah. enthusiast, a shop owner like Tony over at Dirty Hooker Diesel, or anybody else. Everybody's like, yeah, I started with just this idea of I'm going to spend a few bucks and yeah. have a little bit of fun, and then it took over my life. Pretty much. I, I, uh, so I started pulling and then uh, wanting to do, of course, do better and com- and be competitive and uh, so I put my brain to work, coming up with some ideas and helping. Uh, uh, at that time, I worked pretty close with PPE and Bully Dog, and uh, did field testing for both them companies. And next thing you know, I'm working on other people's trucks. You know, of course, they want to. Anyone at a truck bowl sees who's winning. Well, that's who they're going to want working on their stuff. So. Mm-hmm. I would I would say when we think of uh, you know Dirty Hooker Diesel and, and you Tony you know you're one of the more seasoned guys out there. How long have you been you know wrenching on these trucks? I know you referenced LB7 referenced sorry. Um, I know you're big in the sled pull world things like that. But how many years have you been in business? How many years have you been doing this for? Well, I've been in business. Well, legit business. I started in 2000. Uh, Worked out of my garage for some years and uh, started in a diesel, you know, an O2. Um, you know, moved up to a, from the garage to a, uh, it's a donut shop right now, a 2,000 square foot facility, and they turned into a donut shop oh, wow. after I moved out. Okay. And then I'm into a little bigger building, a 22,000 square foot building. Just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> So, I mean, you've been around these things. I mean, just doing the math here, you know, 16 years. 16 years you've been wrenching on Duramaxes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, you're ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Still it. I don't okay. know enough about them. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. So so you've been around the sport for a really long time, real heavy in the sled pull world. I'd, I'd be really hard to find any sled pullers who don't either have DHD parts on their truck right. or at least know of DHD yeah. and considered them at some time. Um, but this is your first year doing Ultimate Callout Challenge as a competitor. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, I'd gotten a few screwy phone calls uh, just a couple months ago begging me to uh, – uh, come play with the big dogs and and uh i'm like who put you up to this and, uh, <laughs> the crew at ucc said there was a, a lot of the uh uh competitors were you know when they asked competitors who else should be here and they they mentioned me and uh i felt like i was backed in the corner a little bit and i'm like oh okay i'm dumb enough i'll, I'll come play so. <laughs> you got you got called out for the call out challenge i love it we're gonna touch yeah. on we're gonna touch on this a little bit later in the interview, but you know one of the things that's 
unique about your dynamic is uh, a lot of the guys that we've interviewed, a lot of the guys that we've seen compete over the last couple years, really big in the dyno circuit out in the east, uh, northeast, or they're really big drag racers. And you come with a different route. You know, you come from a sled pulling background. So, I mean, it's interesting to see how that shakes up coming from someone who's an expert in a completely different arena, you know. Do you feel like that well, gives you an advantage? Um, there's good and bad. Uh, you know, not a whole lot of, uh, you know, I played around drag racing a little bit. on Not a lot. You know, I never built a truck just for drag race, and I'd always take my pulling trucks out there in drag race. So that's nothing competitive. Um, and then dyno, you know, I kind of cringed. Uh, my last experience in a dyno competition i shouldn't say last but 2007 was a a diesel power challenge and uh well she got a little bit too much nitrous and we blew the charger off the truck and eliminated (laughs) ourselves so uh you know and i've never messed with that stuff ever since then i mean i teach my kids to stay away from drugs i mean there's nothing good about it (laughs) so here, here we are, you know, hoping we can get maybe an 800 horsepower shot of nitrous on a, on a dyno. So, Ooh, Jesus. Uh, now, as a truck pulling aspect of the whole event, yes, uh, I, I probably have more experience than some of the pullers, but uh, I'm also coming at it with a kind of a whole different truck that's not what I normally do for truck pulling. So, uh, chassis set up and, and, uh, tires and motor and uh, it's all, uh, definitely new. So, yeah, well, we'll I wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit about the story of your truck because it actually has a pretty unique background. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how this truck came to you and how it's gone from when you first saw it to where it is now? Um, yeah, quite a few years ago, we I did some work to it uh, for Dan Hoffman and uh, for him, put a cage in it, and he went out playing with it. Um, Dan lives quite a ways away from me, and he found someone closer to work on it, and that's when they upgraded to triples um, on the truck. You know, they wanted to go faster. Uh come out to you guys and spun the rollers. Uh, I think they had 1,600 horse on fuel only. Yep, the wood uh, hauler. With, with, yep. yep, the wood hauler. Had some uh, tranny slippage on the dyno, so, you know, I don't don't know where it would have went or what you would have had more in it. Um, two years ago, my son come down with cancer, and uh, Dan Hoffman seen you know, I was watching Facebook and seeing the, everything go down with my son. And uh, a year ago, Dan's gives, Dan calls me, and, and which I was surprised to hear from him. It's been quite a while. And uh, he wanted to donate half his truck to my son uh, if I could get rid of it. And so Dan dropped it off here, and we looked it over. And next thing you know, my son actually bought out the half from Dan. Um so Dan's got quite a sponsorship in this truck, too. That's awesome, so man. We totally tore it right down to absolute nothing, and and we're, I got about 10% of the way of putting it back together. Um, <laughs> they, said, they, they said we have another four months, right, to UCC? Yeah, that, yeah. I think four months, three down. weeks, they whatever. They changed the date. They changed the date. Yeah. yeah. This, this yeah. episode's actually going to publish, like, maybe a week, maybe two weeks before UCC. So people will be hearing this and, like, looking at their calendars frantically of, like, wait a minute, when are my tickets good for? Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't wait for uh, UCC 2019. <laughs> oh, Same as us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm supposed to compete this year. Oh, oh, whoops. Yeah. So the truck, the, you know, it, I would assume your background, it's a Duramax-based power plant. Uh, this is a white 06 regular cab for our listeners who don't know about Rooster Juice or the wood hauler, as, as we like to call it. 
truck literally came to our shop with wooden bed rails, right? And then his his uh, his, his like gas cap or whatever had rooster juice on it. Like, yeah, it was the coolest thing. Uh, Dan, such a great guy, good character too. Triple S four seventy five. Yep, it was just uh, a big gnarly fuel. truck. Yep. Yeah, yeah, sixteen hundred horse on the rollers. Now. Tony, we were talking about this a little bit before. When you first set this truck up for Dan Hoffman, you just had a single turbo on it, built trans, stock fuel, right? Uh, well, we had a little bigger injectors in it, but yeah, there was uh, a single charger, and and he, you know, he was in the tens with it. Okay. So he um, he definitely had had a need for speed right off the bat, but then it was some years before it came back to you. Now you say you stripped it down all the way down to the chassis or just stripped out the roll cage or just pulled the turbos uh, off? No, we ended up, um, took the, the box and cab off, started over with a totally different roll cage and cab and uh, some skins. Um, front fenders and grill and that are original. So <laughs> uh, if you can recognize that, um, we went through the motor. I had the motor all together here two weeks ago, put it on the dyno, um, and the 17 years or 18 years that uh, my buddy's been dynoing, has never had a uh, catastrophic failure on the dyno, but uh, we happened to uh, bring one to the scene uh, <laughs> last week, so... I, uh, the video went live, and my phone just started blowing up. Oh, did you see the DHD video? I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, go on Facebook and go look it up. I was like, holy shit. It was well, wild. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I when you watch the videos, I, I kind of want to compare it to LeBon's. I even posted on LeBon's page, you know, I'm trying to be like the best. And, and you know, really... <laughs> blow my shit up you know but uh really my video was like a little little uh spilled milk and levon's is like the kool-aid guy crashing through the wall you know just, <laughs> there's there's no comparison I, uh, I, uh, where the yeah, you can't top that where the fuck is the Duramax community when those videos go viral? Dude, like, what the hell? It's It's been a rough year, man. If you really think about it, so Power Driven Diesel blew up their engine dyno yep. testing. Levon blew up his engine dyno testing. Tony blew up his engine dyno testing. We blew up our engine last year. Hopefully it's together this year for the show. Dyno testing. Um, But yeah, it, it, it is this really dangerous idea of like, you have to know what your engine's capable of before you put it in the truck, or at least before you show up to the show. And yet there's always that chance of just finding that out, you're going to push it too far. Yep. What's so, Well, I'm, I'm kind of a layman. You know, what I've learned from this, just as you spoke about all these guys with engine failures on the dyno, is fuck the dyno. I ain't, I'm not going to be... Uh, uh, <laughs> right? Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be the lesson? I mean, Yeah, that's it. No, no more testing. If it's going to blow up, let no. it blow up at the track. Yeah. At least you're right, there, right. you know? No, it's... it's uh, Glad it happened on the dyno. Uh, say someone getting hurt, the truck in the wall or something stupid. So, sure, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but you know that kind of hurts the reserves a little bit. So, uh, as as Mark texted me and said that uh, at Danville, there we had in the, the dyno at Danville. And, um, I he texted me and said not so good. Uh, we had some issues previously with uh, the, when I was there the, the original day on the dyno with uh, some wiring, which I've been battling for five years, and we finally figured out this issue that uh, all of the a lot of people I know have had issues with how their truck's been running on the dyno or drag racing or truck pulling, and I feel really good that we found this problem and resolved it. But I had to leave. Um, that was Wednesday we were dying on. So Thursday I had to take my son to his uh, uh, cancer checkup. And that's when Mark did some more dying on and blew it up. Um, so there I am at the hospital and my son thinking, well, are we just going to be spectating? And then start thinking a little bit more, you know what? I got too many trucks, too many motors laying around. We're going to throw the old cheap hooker motor together. That's a dry block and pull the uh, motor out of Nasty Hooker and take that along. 
Um, so we're going to have a couple motors, and we're going to have three trannies and three front and four front ends, and uh, uh, a couple transfer cases. Um, I don't know what else we're going to need. Hold on there, hold on there, real quick, Tony. I have to pick up Chris's jaw off the floor real fast. I don't know if you listeners could hear that drop. Um, Just to back up, because you you just very nonchalantly said (laughs) said you were just going to tear out a couple of built motors out of your well-known sled pull trucks, uh, Dirty Hooker, um, and and then Hooker and then Nasty Hooker. Nasty Hooker, thank you. (laughs) So you're just going to rip those engines out. That sounds like Paul's Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) The cheap one, maybe. Yeah, for Um, sure. So you're just going to rip those engines out. Now, those engines are not necessarily designed or set up for strictly UCC. So what what went into those engine builds? Were those very different than what blew up on Danville's dyno? Well, the, we had a, a rod failure on, uh, on the dyno. Um, kind of premature, but, you know, there's a few years on there. I mean, we really should have been over 2,000 horse to have that rod fail, but um cylinder pressures were all in check you know we had low timing we weren't you know we had low pulse width uh, everything was good it was healthy and uh, just decided to uh exit left stage um so i have the old cheap hooker motor which is aluminum rod motor dry block um you know i quit using that a couple years ago and i'm like then aluminum rods will take it. Hell yeah. So we'll uh, go there, drag race, and dyno with the dry block. Uh, Mike Moore, which is going to be driving it for the drag race, he was in today to check out the seat and steering wheel and talk about a few things, and he was just tickled to death that he was going to drag race with a dry block. He just said going that's going to make him feel a whole lot better that he's not going to end up in the wall. Uh, with anif- you know from antifreeze, so right. Um, so if we uh, blow the dry block sky high on the dyno, then we'll put a uh, nasty hooker motor in there, which will be sufficient for sled pulling because you're not going to need the uh, everything it's got for for the sled pull. That's a really interesting strategy. So. A dry block on the track definitely means a little bit more safety for the driver, but isn't it also going to mean that you potentially are going to get less passes out of the day because it's not going to cool off as quickly? It only takes two, right? <laughs> Just make the first pass count, Paul. <laughs> Come on. Okay, yep. fair uh, enough. Fair enough. As long as he hits it right out of the gate and hits it on that first pass or or on the second if you need to back it up, uh, you're you're pretty much set. So then Friday, you're looking for a pretty easy day, is what you're saying. You know, I'd like to get a get some hits off in, at a local drag strip here. You know, try to, a few sixty footers and uh, to make sure we get the chassis set up, hoping that we get it close. You know, uh, this is really hard building a truck in two months. No, oh, yeah. Um, and no testing time. You know, you got the veterans that have had years and years of tests on drag strip and, and dyno. And so uh, we'd like to just get through this year and, and uh, compete in all three events. Uh, compete in all three events is what we need to do. And then how we fare out from there is what the score will tell us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're coming prepared to make sure we can do all three events. I mean, 10 motors, 10 transmissions, 18 front ends, I agree. What's the <laughs> what's the air fuel setup? You know, coming from the sled pull world, I mean, you're a big, um, very familiar with single turbos, big injector setup, so what's the game plan there like? We're going to still uh, run those uh, 475s. Okay. They light nice, they run nice. Um, you know, I know there's guys with, uh, I think you guys are running a couple, uh, three 500 frames on that that big motor, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the truck still has to make it there. We're not talking about that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm coming with some dinky chargers, and, and uh, um, you know, we got uh, extra G, a uh, couple 12-mil pumps on it, and uh, they're 500 over injectors. Jesus. So we'll have some fuel. 
Paul's eyes Big just box. look like the emoji from I just, an iPhone. I love, I love all the UCC competitors this year who have either said 500% or more or like, yeah, I don't know. They're really big. I don't know how big. Like the, 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 the <laughs> only two answers we've gotten is like a ridiculous percent over number or they're literally so large I don't know what to call them. Um, we've, we've done some dyno testing and I, and I didn't get a chance to actually work with these chargers, but um, we've done dyno testing with the cheap hooker motor with larger injectors. And uh, surprisingly, we lost power with the bigger injector. Um, so, you know, the 500s, right now with what I got going on, the 500s work awesome. Uh, you know, so until we can get some spare time right now, there's just uh, no spare time. Yeah, I was I was actually going to ask if anybody has actually maxed out a set of 500s. You said you've you've lost a little bit of of power in like single turbo testing and things like that. Uh you think it's just getting too rich, you just got too much fuel in the mixture? It's really strange. I you know again, like just like you said that was a single charger. Um maybe it was just needing some more air, but you run into some dynamics with uh, uh injector tip size and and uh, atomization and and pressure drop and you know there's just a lot of factors. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's uh, definitely a lot to go in it to make power. You know, you take a, a smaller truck, and you you know, and I I was thinking a big injector, and you find out that when we did dyno testing, we dyno remember it was three four different sets of injectors and. And it was a little bit smaller injector that I than what I thought would make the most power. So, hmm. interesting. Uh, big, big, big isn't always the answer. But yeah. Well, I, I, def- I have to say that I have to say that because I got the little uh, four seventy five charger. You know, the guys <laughs> with but all the five hundreds. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah. There's three um, of them though. Three, <laughs> three dinky S four seventy fives. Three. Yeah. Yep. So it makes up the difference. Uh, you know, uh, Derek Rose made some real nice power in a single charger on his truck. So um, when they were dyno on that, on the engine dyno. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. I, I think there is a lot of, like you had said before, a lot of experience of kind of playing with different setups to find out what actually works the best. And honestly, no matter how much how much power you make with your truck, you still got to put it on the ground. Um each one of the events a little bit differently. One of the things I've been talking to guys about is tire setup. Yeah. What are what tires are you looking at for the three events? Are you going to run the same ones you drag race with that you dyno with? And I know you're not going to use those for the for the sled pull. Yeah, we're we're going to show up with. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it's five sets or six sets, different sets of tires. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, I. I I don't know. You know, worst comes to worst, we'll take one of our tow trucks and just put some meats on it and go sled pull for fun. But <laughs> no, I, I, know, I can't do that. But um, yeah, and I'm bringing some goodies for Wade Boyd too because that guy's, uh, you know, his his truck's been allergic to dirt. So uh, we're gonna introduce <laughs> we're gonna introduce it to dirt the hard way. So. Uh, Skeeter, you ever hear of? Uh, the skeeters becoming hookers? I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll turn it. We'll, t- we'll turn a skeeter into a hooker. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so tires. So we got we got three engine, two engines, three transmissions, three four front ends, four front, four front ends, ends five S- sets of tires, three, three small S four seventy five. I'm lost in all the numbers. My inventory. I would never be able to do inventory for this trip. Um, but all right, but how does what are you changing in the chassis to go from drag racing to sled pulling? Because I think that's something that all these drag racers literally have no clue about. I don't know how many guys we've interviewed that are UCC competitors who their exact quote is, "Yeah, I've never sled pulled before, or I've sled pulled once before in my life." And like Paul, that's been every interview. It literally yeah. is like every interview. Uh, most of them are, are saying pretty much they're just going to run bump stops and less air in the tires and go. What What does well, your plan look like? 
Well, if, if competitors are going to listen to your podcast, I'm just going to rotate the air in the tires, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Strategy yeah, complete. Maybe, I might gre- grease the uh, U-joint, maybe. maybe. I, I'm thinking I, that's, that's a debate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're, we're going to have tires. and I'm guessing there's probably not enough time for these guys, but you're going to see a total, well, uh, you've seen it before with uh, Wagler's truck, um, transform the rear end. Right. Uh, we're going to have a little bit, of the transformation of the rear end of the truck, um, not not to the extent of Wagler's, but uh, um, I'm not sure how many guys are doing something like this. But we're building a whole subframe with the pulling axle. Um, again, we're doing all this stuff in a two month time frame, so um, I didn't really get the axle I'd love to have in there. But I think this axle will hold up for at least two hooks. How does your crew feel about having to do swaps like this, engine swaps, subframe swaps, all of this at the track? I mean, there's no leaving the track to go to go to a lift this year. They're they're stuck in the pits doing this. Well, I, do I have to tell you all my secrets now? <laughs> you, you don't have to, but again, this this won't air until a week, maybe two weeks before the show. I mean, I just want to point out, like, this is like seasoned vet Midwest fucking pulling we are talking <laughs> about right here. Like, this is where we come from, and everywhere else they don't do this. No, they have no idea. So, if anything, they're going to utilize your knowledge now for next year. So next year you have something to worry about if you right. compete again. If you make the so, top ten and you're invited back. Dude, why you got to do that? He's going to. <laughs> So, okay, uh, you guys ever read uh, between the lines on rules at all? Yeah, <laughs> once in a while. I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I like Braille when it comes to my girlfriend. So. <laughs> so anyway, no, the lights on are always better than than in the dark with that too. But. Uh, um, so we can't, sorry about that. We can't take the truck to a hoist. So I'm going to bring the hoist to the truck. That is awesome. Um, so any of the competitors, I'll have a hoist for rent. So Dude, uh, hey, make your money one way or another, right, Tony? Shit. <laughs> so we're, we're uh, planning bringing a hoist and a uh, forklift and... You know, tent with heat. Um, my uh, my top guy to change a motor for him and the truck is going to be. Uh, he'll have it done in time for ice cream after dinner. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm really not too. I'm really not too worried. This will be a lot easier, simpler. I mean, everything we're doing is going to be. Uh, it'll come out fairly quick, come out fairly easy. So, I am so excited to see this year's UCC. There's yeah. just there's so many guys who have now taken a look at what's happened over those first two years mm-hmm. and really started to dial in to see, like, how do we maximize our opportunities, right? Yeah. Like, where can we make that that just little bit of competitive advantage to make a difference at the end. Because at the end of the day, first is great, but you got to hit that top 10 yep. so you guarantee a seat for next yep. year. You, you know, um, you had already kind of mentioned some of your strategies for being able to stay there for all three events. I love the idea of, of although you may not call it a total transformation, to us it sounds like a total transformation. It's Most other guys total. are, like I said, swapping tires and putting in bump stops and calling it a day. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited to see that. What do you think is going to be the most challenging part about UCC for your team? Uh, for one, uh, drag racing, making sure that we can get a good hole shot and the you know the trans hold up and you know that's a couple things that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not shaking too bad about the motor uh, to handle the 
the drag race, no problem. That motor's made 1,800 horse uh, before the first season with no issues. So, you know, drag racing is going to be between 14 and 1,800 horsepower. Um, the dyno, well, I'm not sure if, uh, if the block will live through a dyno or not. We hope so. I hope we can make a couple passes. I mean, last year, you know, they were in it. I, I didn't time it, but it seemed about two seconds on a on a full load. So uh, if we can hit two bursts like that and survive, that'd be awesome. But uh, And then the truck pulling, uh, the sled pull is going to be a little bit on the fact that we're using a, a shorter wheelbase, and those really normally don't handle so nice truck pulling. So or sled pulling. So, I mean, we have, I, I have uh, concerns in all three areas. <laughs> uh, but I guess if you don't have any, you might be a tad bit cocky or something. But uh, um, we'll, we'll just do the best we can. Well said. I dig it. Cool. Uh, any other competitors out there you think are going to make a big splash this year? Anybody flying under the radar that you think is actually going to going to make a big debut at UCC? Dude, I haven't had time to take a shit, let alone well on that note i don't think there's anything else i can ask tony we know how how insanely busy you are trying to uh you know take a year project and smash it into to eight weeks and take your shit and take a shit so we'll let you get to it you did well you did you did miss on one topic oh please what what did we miss the name of the hooker. Oh, oh my God, that, that was an ignorance which, on your end, Paul. You're here too. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what? Which hooker is this? So there's so many good names out there, uh, but we kind of thought that uh, Rated R was going to be pretty good. We we like the uh, UCC Lot Lizard hooker, but uh, uh, yeah, the UCC Lot Lizard, but. <laughs> uh, uh, what was that girl's name from Shides a few years ago? <laughs> just, I'm sorry. The bottle girl? Or <laughs> so, um, we thought Rated R was, was pretty good. Rated R hooker. And, uh, but the way everything's going, it's, it's going to be a last minute hooker. So, um, <laughs> Now that sounds like my Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, yep. shit. The last-minute hooker. Oh, man, yep. I cannot wait to see you guys. Uh, anybody you want to give a shout-out to, Tony? Oh, man, I got all kinds of guys that have been uh, helping out on everything. Uh, I, I couldn't even – I hate to miss anyone. I mean, between Danville uh, being a big part of it, uh, SoCal Diesel, we got Kryptonite. Uh, some local shops around here have been helping out. Uh, Worley helped us out on some things. Uh, we have the uh, Evan at uh, Limitless uh, worked with him on a few things. Um, who am I missing? I, I should have had a whole list of stuff of people that have all uh, helped out on it. But, uh, it, oh, on, I think uh, Nitrous Express or something like that was uh, helped us out on, on some things. Um, my biggest thing is I really need some help. I need hands, hours, hours. I need more hours. I got a year's worth of work to do here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Well, there it is, listeners. If you're if you're willing to volunteer with some wrench time, uh, give a call over to DHD yep. and uh, get a hold of Tony. No, we're just kidding. Uh, by the time this no, thing, no, for real, no, no. but for real, don't waste my time. Don't waste my time on the phone. Just get on a plane or drive or whatever and show up. We'll put you to work. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Open invite. Please come work. Uh, Awesome, man. Well, Tony, don't worry about any shout-outs you missed. We're going to grab you again at the competition and drag you into the booth to do a, another interview at the show and see if this plan of yours actually works out. Uh, but best of luck to you and to the last-minute hooker. Awesome. I, I uh, really enjoy uh, chatting with you guys, and uh, I wish I could have gave you a better black eye or something on the, on the the over the phone. But... <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll do that in person. Sounds like a plan. Sold. Uh, Listeners, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including Duramax, Cummins, PowerStroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or chris at cehmk at DuramaxTuner.com. Hey, thanks for listening. Your feedback is appreciated. Please rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and by all means, let us know if you have any ideas for a podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Like, you, you have your apples and you have your oranges. There's new school, there's old school, like... I'm mildly built overbuilt yeah I mean it's a Cummins are all built so (laughs) built from the factory yeah pretty much (laughs) bring what you brung got you bitch